You know it's funny. People on the outside don't really get what's going on. But they always got something to say. <laughs> yeah. What's going on, folks? This is Daryl, your host of Narratives Over Wine and Whiskey Podcast. The podcast where we discuss issues that impact black and millennial communities while having a good drink. So, I'm back. Season 2. Ready to kick this thing off. Per usual, I'm going to start with the drink of choice for this week's episode. It is 19 Crimes Cabernet Sauvignon. Amazing, amazing red wine. I really appreciate my boy Kevin. He put me on. Um, If you remember last season, probably two or three episodes from the end, I tried 1792 bourbon. Um, Kevin put me on to that. I'm telling you, my guy knows his stuff. I'll call him a connoisseur. He will really put you onto some some good quality whiskeys. I've got to have him on sometime soon so we can go through some of his favorites and really check out what makes him tick as far as whiskey and wine go. Today's topic, I'm actually recording the day before I release the episode. I had, during my month off, pre-recorded quite a few episodes and had one ready for September 1st. I was ready. I, you know, it was controversial but I thought hey we're gonna drop it and after discussing it with some people in my inner circle actually two of whom you'll hear from this season I decided to wait until after the election I don't believe that I am that influential but I would hate for my influence to fall right before an election in this in this fashion not this year we've got too much to lose with orange idiot in the white house we need to get him out after november 3rd i believe november 3rd after that date i will definitely drop this episode as we think strategically long term about where this country needs to go but right now just isn't the time so as we all know we as a nation as a global community and as a black people just lost an amazing icon, an amazing talent, an amazing human being in Chadwick Boseman. Um, I'm going to do an episode about that specifically in the next few weeks, but right now it is still, it's still um, somewhat surreal, not because I thought he was superhuman, though he played a superhuman on television or um, on the big screen. But it reminds me of my humanity. And that in and of itself is something that I have to come to come to terms with. We're not invincible. Every day is a gift. Doesn't matter how old nor how young you are. Tomorrow's not promised. And that being said, um, yeah, I'm just I'm going to process it and then record on it on the impact his life had as well as the impact that his seemingly untimely demise has had on me psychologically and probably a lot of other young brothers but why I bring that up is just to think about the great contributions that he has made to our nation, culture, race, um, 
species i decided to watch some of his films this weekend first was black panther definitely one of my favorite films of all time and something really stuck out to me early on in the film if you remember killmonger played by michael b jordan was walking into the museum and was talking with the white curator about the fact that items were stolen from the motherland and he said something that was very very impactful killmonger said you got all this security in here to watch me once i walked in yet you ain't checking what you put in your body that line said so much and i believe is so overlooked but today i want to talk about america's obsession with security and defense externally but our neglect for our own bodies and tie that into our obsession with firearms and our disdain for health measures that make us feel minutely uncomfortable you know right now we are experiencing the brink of a some would call it a race war i would call it a war of ideologies being that we have so many white allies right now i refuse to call this a race war it's not black versus white in my mind it truly is good versus evil objective versus ignorant and truly left versus right because the two sides are as different as left versus right when you're talking about ideology you have people who cannot see that when we say black lives matter we are not saying white lives don't we are saying we want everyone to be held accountable if they devalue another human life were I to go shoot a cop I guarantee you at best I'd be jailed at worst I wouldn't make it into the cop car alive or the ambulance alive that's the most likely scenario on the other hand more often than not you see few repercussions for officers who take the lives of black men women and children that's just the fact whether they are concerned or not if i'm concerned about the actions of an officer and i take action against that concern i am not justified correct that's just logic and this isn't this episode is not about officers or not this is about the difference in ideology one and how that then drives us to arm ourselves to the hilt america has five percent of the world's population and 25 percent of the world's prison population or incarcerated population we are obsessed with violence and punishment why have we created so many enemies externally that we feel the need 
to stack dollar upon dollar upon dollar into our defense strategy and warehouse. That says something about the relationships that we have across the world. That says something about the regimes that we are investing in across the world. Why do we need so much money to go to the Pentagon's budget while so little money goes to education, goes to health care, goes to social services, goes to mental health awareness? The right and the left are extremely, extremely polarized. And until we can somehow meet in the middle, this country is going to be a 49 to 51, which is not safe. Now, what's 49 to 51, right? I don't believe in 49 to 51 victories because that means that you have 49% of the population who voted no, 51% that voted yes. That's scary because to me, that sets the stage for another civil war or another world war. That kind of a majority is not a majority at all. It is an absence of participation by a small percentage who could have tipped the scale to be 51 to 49 the other way. Being cognizant of that racially, based on class, based on based on region, access to resources, the United States is currently a tinderbox waiting for a match. And this next election could be it. But I digress. So I look back at Killmonger's quote from the movie and he's right. We place such emphasis on defense, on security. But how often are we looking at what we're putting into our bodies or into our minds? How much are we investing in our growth and our health as opposed to our protection and our defense? If we can take care of home, we, we might not need so much defense. If we were focused on progress, love, growth, maybe we could figure out how to fix a good number of the problems that the world has. But, you know, as, as the brother said, you're not checking for what you put into your body. And that's how he ended up poisoning the curator in the film. And it was just such an eye-opening quote. I noticed it probably the second time I watched the film. And it hit me. But this past weekend, watching Black Panther again, I'm like, wow. That's a, that's a podcast episode. And I say that to say, I personally, though I am not vegan or vegetarian, have become very aware of what I put into my body. If you listen to that season, there was an episode called 70 Whole Days where my wife was my guest. She was actually my first guest on the podcast. And Desiree is vegan. She has an amazing brand. Check it out. ICanYouCanVegan.com Spelled just like it sounds. And since Desiree became vegan four years ago nearly, three and a half, four years, 
I have become more cognizant of the foods that I put into my body. And not only the foods I choose to put in my body, but the quality thereof. Every vegetable, fruit, and meat that I buy from the store, I work my hardest to ensure that it is sourced organically. I don't want any meats that have been unnecessarily stressed in order to be provided to me. My maternal grandmother and I have had quite a few conversations about food intake and she understands that I only purchase organic meats and fruits and vegetables. She said to me one time, why do you do that? And I said, well, grandma, when you were younger, fruits and vegetables and meats were sourced much more ethically because no one was pumping them full of steroids. No one was poisoning your food. Now, the way they mass produce food, it's just not safe for me to put all of that into my body. And realizing that I buy a lot less meat because organic meat, organic food in general is more expensive, but organic meat, you know, it could, you know, double the price easily. And so, great. I can still eat meat and eat it more responsibly and at a lower quantity so that one, I'm not filling my body with heavy foods and two, I'm making sure that I'm getting the protein I need from a source that has lived a healthy and relatively stress-free life. The problem is those foods are not accessible to everyone foods that are accessible to everyone have been so overly polluted that once it gets into the system of let's say a developing child you wonder what the long-term effects are going to be so why do we do this do we want to stay alive so badly that we would rather invest our money in fighting enemies that we've created as opposed to properly nourishing our own society and if that's the case how do we undo and repurpose dollars in our community and in our society how do we create legislation that takes us from defense mode and puts us on the offense as far as health goes when do we decide that our education is as important as our protection because i truly believe that if you want to see what someone values you follow their checkbook and america is writing a very large check overseas and protecting borders ours and other borders and the check that's going to our next generation to their health mentally and physically to their growth educationally to their social welfare that check is pretty small yeah we're keeping people safe supposedly but are we keeping people safe from the problems that we create? Are we not pushing forward an agenda of love and life? We say that life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness is what every American deserves. But is there truly freedom knowing that, that we'd rather invest overseas in regimes that fit our foreign policy agenda than we would in the youth of our own communities. Killmonger said something pivotal and I really want you to sit on it. 
Yes, defend yourself. Be prepared for the worst case scenario, but also invest in the best. Know that this world doesn't have to be as dangerous as we've made it. Maybe if we invested more in our youth and in their development and their growth, we could find a way to create the world that we deserve to live in. It's 2020. We should not still have racism and sexism and rape and murder at such a high rate in the United States of America, let alone the rest of the world. We do because we've decided to become more and more and more selfish and not grow with the access to technology that we have. I was listening to a lecture one time at Duke University and the lecturer said, we expect for history to be linear and for society to progress as technology progresses. The problem is as technology progresses, society ebbs and flows. Humanity will reach a peak point and then swoop down into a valley. And I thought about what he was saying and he was completely right. Yeah, sure, we moved from the Stone Age to the Iron Age to the Industrial Age to the age of the internet but we continue to go up and down because humanity will never get over its own ego hubris is what is the downfall of every great civilization we are so arrogant to think that we can fix problems from the outside as opposed to looking within and that's what Killmonger was saying so focused on the external protection that we're not worried about the internal investment think it's time to change it thanks y'all um i'm excited to be back for season two we're gonna have some great guests great content great production and if y'all are down for the journey i'm trying to make this year big real quickly before i go shout out to my youngest nephew carson nasir bell he is one year old today um well tomorrow But when this is released on September 1st, he will be one year old. Very excited to have seen this young man grow and really looking forward to where he continues to go. Anyway, catch y'all again next week. Same time, same place. Cheers.